Welcome to episode four of the Closing Time Podcast, a Clovercrest Media Group presentation. I am Joe McGuire, along with Abby Bro. ClosingTimePodcast.com is our website. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Abby, so glad that you were on time today. Oh, thank you. It was my turn to be a couple of minutes late. Yeah. That's how that goes. Uh, so so some some big news, exciting news for real estate agents. We all we all know FISBOs for sale by owners. Uh, and if you believe some new data from the National Association of Realtors, uh, their buyer seller survey, it looks like FISBOs are on the same trend line as jelly shoes. Jelly shoes. Uh, they have hit an all time low. Only seven percent of transactions were FISBOs, eight percent the previous year. Uh, the number hit its peak in 1981 when 15 percent of the market were FISBOs. It has been on a steady decline ever since. Mm-hmm. Now, FISBOs, as we know them, though, Abby, are a little bit different than what they used to be before. Yeah. Uh, as a FISBO, the homeowner pretty much took on all of the tasks of selling their home. Mm-hmm. They paid for the advertising, the, the yard signs, did their own open houses, private showings, negotiated with buyers, which if you're not a realtor, that's tough. Yeah. They did their own contracts. The, the whole thing start to finish. Things are a little bit different these days because you can work with a buyer's agent to get a lot of that stuff done. Mm-hmm. Uh, NAR's surveys, uh, 7% figure uh, doesn't really give you a, an idea, though, that, that FISBOs just don't fit into the traditional pattern anymore. That's, I, I guess, basically the, the major issue here. Uh, owners who previously would have done uh, a pre-internet old model FISBO to save money are opting for, like I said, just different approaches and paying agents a buyer broker fee, in some cases working with an agent who's not listing the home but puts it up on MLS. We've seen, I just had one of those a couple weeks ago where the MLS listing was on there through an agency, but it, it was all being handled by the actual seller. Right, so it's a listing flat fee where you would pay a licensed realtor to have your home marketed on the MLS and spread it out through all of the Zillows and everything. Here's the problem, though, with that, mm-hmm. is you're not taking advice necessarily from the agent about how to do things. No. I mentioned in our last episode that the sellers, the FISBOs that we were at, stayed during and the showing. Chatted with you. Yes. Yeah. They sat on the front porch. They were drinking wine. And I... You know, it was an awkward situation. My clients are not looking to meet other people. Mm-hmm. And they certainly didn't want to meet the sellers. Yeah. And I, they walked by each other, and I was talking to the to the owners. When my clients walked in, I didn't introduce them. Mm-hmm. Which might have seemed rude and weird, but I knew my clients, they weren't going to want to talk to these folks. Right. You know, they already feel weird being in your house. Mm-hmm. So if you're a FISBO, or you're thinking about going FISBO, don't do that. <laughs> It's so weird. And again, you know, your your real estate agent will tell you to you got to get out of the house. Or just don't do FISBO. Yes, yeah. probably even better. Yeah. Join the rest of America yeah. and don't do it. It's it's not a great idea. It's very hard. There's a reason why we're professionals. Right. There's a reason why we go through training every year. It's, it's not something... Look, nobody wants to, like, bag groceries by themselves, right? A lot of mm. people get upset. I don't work here. You're not an agent. You're not a real estate agent. You can't sell your own home. It's really hard. And also, uh, the president of FISBO.com actually hired a realtor to sell his home. 
<laughs> Come on. I'm not kidding you. Oh, in the irony files. That's fantastic. I know, right? Don't, doesn't that kind of stuff just get you, though? Yeah. Do as I say, not as, as I, I do. do. Oh, that is absolutely awful. Although, look, it, it's changing times that we live in, Abby. Oh, yeah. They have all that, you know, technology and everything, so. Used to be. Used to, yeah. You'd go on a vacation. You'd get a hotel. You'd stay in a resort. Doesn't work like that anymore. Have you done the Airbnb? You actually have a listing. I do. That's a... Uh, Tell us about your listing, speaking of Airbnbs. So I have a listing in Hartford. Um, it's a beautiful Victorian home, um, updated and well cared for. And it's actually the number one Airbnb rental in Hartford. That's amazing. It has over 100. Oh, I checked maybe two weeks ago. It was 167 five-star reviews. And you just go through all of them. And it's like, you know, the stay was wonderful, beautiful home, great neighborhood, easy access, blah, blah, blah. All the things you would want out of an Airbnb, whether you'd be traveling for business or pleasure. Um, my, cousin, <laughs> my cousin got married last year. Yeah. Out in, uh, That's like the number one Napa rental Valley. reason. Oh, yeah. You know, and we could have stayed. Everybody else stayed in a hotel. And my wife looked up an Airbnb uh, and, and the people were wonderful. Yeah. There was a dog that lived there who liked to play catch. That's fun. It was beautiful. Everything about it. It oh, was great. And it felt funny. like you were like at home. When we got married, uh, my husband and I, we rented an Airbnb in Brooklyn, Connecticut. And all the whole um, wedding party, both sides stayed there. And there was a cat. So instead of a dog, we had a cat. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. You get your own pet. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of <laughs> neat. If you don't know what an Airbnb is, it's basically Uber for like hotels. Mm. It's uh, it's it's sort of except they don't come to you. you they don't. Right. You, you still have to go out there. You could Uber <laughs> to an Airbnb. That's yeah. the cool part. Uh, but but rather than stay in a hotel, you're staying like in a private home. Um, there's a lot of different uh, Airbnbs, and here's sort of the interesting thing. Right now, there are four million Airbnb listings around the world. One point nine million listings are instantly bookable. So about half of them you could get right now. Uh, Airbnb has listings in over 191 countries around the globe. 65,000 cities list homes with Airbnb. Uh, Airbnb averages about 500,000 stays per night. On any given night, 2 million people are in an Airbnb rental somewhere across the country. This is a, a pretty, That's actually across the world. That's what I meant. Yeah. I just say the country. Yeah. The Still. world. Uh, yeah. Um, there are more people staying in Airbnbs every single day than there are at all of the hotel chains combined. Yeah, that's mind-boggling. To think that this thing is is relatively new. Mm -hmm. They generated $93 million in profit last year. Wow. That is insane. Uh, they're expecting to make $450 million in profit this year. By 2020, their projected revenue will be $8.5 billion. $8.5 billion with a B. And the average price per night, 80 bucks. Yeah. That's what makes Airbnbs so great. Yeah. If you don't like staying in hotels because of how impersonal it is, mm -hmm. you, Airbnb is, is the way to go. See, I'm kind of the opposite, though. I kind of want that impersonal thing. So I look for places that you don't have any interaction with the host. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just want to be alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but All it's right. great that you have that option. You could have the option of having a chat with somebody. 
<laughs> or not. <laughs> we spent a lot of time with the woman who, who mm. rented us the Airbnb. Yeah. And I'm sure we could have told her to, like, take off. But... Right. Because she wants your review. Because <laughs> she, she had a house on the property by her house. That's usually so there, it was works, like a yeah. guest house. Oh, and it was it was really cool. They were really lovely people. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we just kind of came and, and, and went as we pleased. There was food in the fridge and, and some oh, other yeah. goodies. Uh, you know, unlike unlike at a hotel where you have to hit the front desk if you need stuff, mm-hmm. there's like a box inside with all the goodies that you might have left behind, toothbrush or whatever. Yeah. They had you covered there. It was it was pretty neat. I've stayed in um, great Airbnbs in San Francisco, um, in Asheville, North Carolina, um, all over the place. And they're in locations that I would not have been able to afford if I stayed in a regular hotel chain. I will tell you one actual horrible thing that happened during my Airbnb stay. Oh, no. Uh, So the woman and her husband had left, and we were getting ready to leave for the wedding, and I locked the keys inside. Mm. As it were, by the kitchen window, I noticed the window was unlocked, and I saw a large, empty paint can, and I couldn't... As it was, and I didn't know this, there was actually a ladder. Why was that there? there? Was a, I don't know. It was just there, but there was a ladder on the other side of the house. I yeah. didn't see the ladder. Okay. Which is unfortunate. I saw the bucket. I put it by the window. It's like a Looney Tunes story. Oh, it's very Looney Tunes. Yes. I got up on the bucket, and uh, as soon as I started to pull myself up, the bucket tipped over, and in my suit, getting yeah. ready to go to the Flat on my back in mud. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank God. I, see, I thought that the paint can was going to spell all over you uh, in your suit. <laughs> that's my usual luck, Abby. Yeah. But no. Instead, but it was mud, mud all over my suit. Oh. As I lay there, uh, and it hurt. I was hurt, too. You didn't even ask oh. if I was okay. Yeah. Then I Sorry. ended up, I went back up. I saw the ladder afterwards, because as you could imagine, I was a little upset. My wife started laughing at me. Yep. I got the ladder. I went through the window, face first, slid right over the kitchen sink onto the floor. Oh, no. A little more pain for you. Uh, and then we went and had a wonderful night. Oh, good. But uh, see, the difference between Airbnb and a hotel you is- turned I it right around. Could have called the bellboy. Could, yeah, there Can you, you go. Can you key me in? It's the only difference. Um, But so I actually have spoken with a lot of um, people that are interested in investing in Airbnb. Uh, But there's a lot to think about if you wanted to go ahead and do that, because um, the people that rent Airbnbs have recently been taking advantage of the service. I've heard some horror stories. Right. So whether they um, completely trash the place. Um, and if that happens, actually, Airbnb gives you $1 million of insurance so that you can fix any sort of issues that they cause. But who wants to go through that? This is your home right. in a lot of cases. Yes. If not, like in an investment property that you spend many of um, a lot of your money and time in. Um, but also these people will also outstay their welcome. And in some cities, you have to be really careful or, you know, states, uh, what rights do they have occupying the home sometimes wow. you can't actually technically evict them because they're living in the home and they have some sort of squatters rights after a certain amount of time so you have to make sure that they don't stay there uh, more than two weeks in most cases oh so wow. yeah so okay. if you um are looking to invest in an airbnb i can definitely help you i have some great tips um and things to consider before purchasing a property 
ClosingTimePodcast.com <laughs> is the website. You'll find Abby's information right there on any of the pages uh, if you're interested in investing in an Airbnb. Totally worth it, I think. It, it, it's It's almost... It's yeah. almost silly not to at least consider it if it's something that could work in 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 your realm. And and I you know I've heard some of these horror stories of of destruction and mayhem. Got to kind of vet who you're letting in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there there's some obviously you have the reviews from the people that um, you're renting to, so you can see their reviews, they can see yours, and that's usually the best bet to to keep it um, you know going in a positive direction. And to be honest, my uh, sellers in Hartford, um, they've enjoyed their time as Airbnb hosts immensely. And they've done for a number of years, haven't had a terrible instance once. Now, if you do have a terrible instance, decluttering is certainly that's something that could be on your on your immediate radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japanese tidying expert Maria Kondo's philosophy when it comes to decluttering is simple. If it doesn't spark joy in you, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. That is the whenever I do my spring cleaning, that's pretty much what I, I'm like. If I didn't miss this thing and I'm not excited, I found it. It's time to throw it away. Yeah, I didn't miss it. That's I smart. didn't need it. I found it and I don't really care. Toss it. Yeah. Uh, area consignment shops here in Connecticut are feeling the joy themselves with increased donations and customers within their stores. Consignment shops uh, around the state are confident this uptick of donations is due to the eight-episode run of Tidying Up with Maria Kondo, which made its debut on Netflix last month. Although already popular with a series of books over the past few years, the Kondo effect ramped up a new audience on Netflix. Netflix is great for doing that. Yeah. For, for starting trends. Starting trends, right. They, re- they really are. And, and yeah. cleaning up your house is a good trend to start. Because mm-hmm. I've been in some houses that could certainly use some decluttering and tidying up, if you will. Yeah, actually, even before this Netflix show, um, I purchased the book on tape um, (laughs) and I listened to it, but I wasn't able to, you know, really understand the process. So seeing it on Netflix really helped um, the transformation, you know, seeing that um, really helped me actually go ahead and do it. Um, But since it's been on Netflix, I've recommended it to my sellers. I said, you know, you might want to watch a couple episodes, see if you get the bug, and it might, you know, help you tidy up the home and, and be able so that the buyers that are coming through your home can actually see the home rather than your personal items. It's a lot easier to suggest to your buyer to watch Tidying Up with Maria Kondo <laughs> than to say, your house is a dump. You oh, need to clean it up. I would never say that, Joe. You know what I mean? But that's you don't have to. You can be you like, hey, there's a show on Netflix. Yeah. I really, th- I, I really would like you to watch. Yeah, I mean that's a better way to tell them that that they're in need of some help. But have you been to the consignment shops and seeing what they have available since the show aired? I haven't. You haven't. But I live in Weathersfield, mm-hmm. and my in-laws live in Southbury, mm-hmm. and I know there are two consignment shops in each of those towns that. Uh, look like something that you would find on Rodeo Drive. Is it Uptown as, Consignment? Is that the name yes, of it? I believe it is. Yes. So there's also one in Hamden, and that's the one that I go to. Um, they're gorgeous. They have everything you could ever need. They have uh, some housewares, but it's mainly just clothing. Um, and I have brought tubs and tubs recently. And they have an app you download, and so you, you have all of your items itemized, and, you, and every time it, you sell something, you get a little notification. So I think I've gotten like $67. 
so oh, far. Oh, nice. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I'm excited. Yeah. You'll probably spend it at consignment shop. That's... Yeah, you get a discount if you... Oh, come on! Yeah, if you take that money and pour it back into their shop, they give you like 30% off or something. <laughs> but it's great. Um, I love the fact that someone is enjoying my Calvin Klein suit with shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go too, and enjoy that. That's too bad you gave that away. I know. Would have, would have enjoyed seeing that. <laughs> uh, now, if, if you do need some help in cleaning up, uh, there are some towns here in Connecticut... Uh, including your hometown of of Hamden, Mm -hmm. uh, where April is bulk trash pickup month. And it's it's nice to see everybody just sort of take their stuff out to the the curb. It's wonderful. Here's all of the garbage I've been keeping in my house. (laughs) I'm going to go put it up over by my mailbox right out front. And uh, if you like it, you can take my garbage Mm -hmm. back to your house. Yeah. Isn't that great? I love it. It's recycling in a different way, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice because it keeps a lot of that stuff out of the landfills, which is important. And again, right. if you, you know, I have a I have a neighbor whose kids are a couple of years older than my kids. And whenever he's done with anything, kids are kind of moving. He always offers it to me first. Mm-hmm. I love this guy. I take him up on it about 25% of the time. Oh, great. You know what I mean? So he'll keep asking. He always, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always... I, I probably every third time I try to, I'm like, no matter what, I'll say yes. I've actually got a whole bunch of shelves I still have to hang up in my garage from like a year ago. I didn't want to turn them down because it looked like a good deal. Mm. I just don't know how to mount them. Oh yeah, but I will. You'll figure it out. I will. Yeah. Or or at some point I will put them on my front step. Yeah, for, for him else. to take back. Yeah, you want to come grab these things, but you can get some really great stuff this yeah. time of year. You you'll see bikes, you'll see Adirondack chairs. Again, They're all broken, but well, <laughs> aren't all aren't all Adirondack chairs broken? Well, at they're some point? either broken or they break you. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> those are terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. So some of the craziest things that I've seen recently, um, my friend um, posted on Facebook that she found the head of a Ronald McDonald statue. Oh, my goodness. And she took it, of yeah. course. Well, what would you do? Sure. Yeah. So now she mounted it, I believe, on a tree stump in her yard. That's fantastic. <laughs> She's hilarious. <laughs> my, when I was little, I had a, a bath a bath play set of Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. And it came with a Gilligan and a skipper. And that was it. And as I became five and stopped playing in the bathtub with toys, uh, that thing just sort of vanished. And then, like, two years later... My grandfather had it hanging out of a tree as a decoration. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. Love it. A little whimsy. My, my mother never liked that. But as they say, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Right. Right. So. Love it. Bulk pickup this time of year. Yeah. And so that's also something that is great that my town does. So they do it in April and October. Uh, they also have a leaf pickup. And recently we've had a number of storms that have just terrorized certain parts of our town, my neighborhood being one of them. Um, it actually shut down Sleeping Giant State Park. I think such it's such a shame all the devastation there's such awful. Devastation. They're actually I saw an article or, or um I think it was a tweet or something from our mayor saying that they're gonna be opening up um Sleeping Giant for the spring. Or really? the end of the spring. End of spring. That would Which be is, fantastic. Yeah, so that was awesome. But um, so these are great things that my city has to offer. And before moving, you want to check what your potential new city town or whatever would um, 
offer to you, you know? So if that's something that interests you guys, if in, you know, checking that out would be great. Because you know, we love it. Weathersfield doesn't have bulk pickup. You no. can schedule it. And yeah, I, I'm for not, a price. I don't know what the price is, but it's obviously more than my wife wants to spend. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I know she looked it up at some point, and we never did it. And so I can only imagine... Although so, for my wife, that could, it could have been like fifty. She'd be like, "Not doing it, <laughs> not doing it." I'm not paying someone fifty dollars to take my garbage away because she could potentially take that garbage and repurpose it, and maybe sell you sell it and make money. Make that, if my you know? grandfather was still with us, he'd have it all hanging from hang trees. Trees, yeah, it would be so awesome. Yeah. Now uh, we mentioned earlier in the show uh, that the entire real estate industry has changed as technology goes. Now I, I mentioned growing up in the '80s. My parents were both in real estate. I remember when the MLS was a binder where people just put listings in a binder and drove it around town. Binder full of houses. Yeah. Binders full of houses. That's really (laughs) funny. Um, Things are definitely different in real estate nowadays. Ojo Labs uh, is an Austin, Texas-based startup developing, get this, an AI-driven personal assistant for realtors and home buyers. The company announced it's raised $45 million in a Series C financing round with participation from Live Oak Venture Partners, real estate and relocation services company Rheology Holdings, the Royal Bank of Canada, and Northwestern Mutual Future Ventures. This is pretty serious stuff here. Um, this guy must be a genius. Yes. Uh, so so here's what you need to know about this. It, it's AI. It's an AI conversational agent called Ojo. Mm-hmm. And uh, the company basically automates lead conversations for agents, and it creates data-driven, personalized experiences for home buyers. Now, they launched officially in 2018. Ojo has now helped thousands of real estate agents connect with countless leads, resulting in positive, warm referrals and successful transactions. By inverting the current real estate model, Ojo Labs is placing full control back into the hands of the buyer, and revolutionizing the way people search for a home. Uh, Ojo Lab's mission is to empower people to make better decisions through the fusion of machine and human intelligence. I watch the Terminator movies. That never ends well, <laughs> is my only concern with AI. I'm really excited about this one, though. I, I have faith that this actually uh, will be something terrific. Um, so what my take on this is it's like kind of those chat things. Like I just bought glasses online and I was like chatting with the person and I could tell that this wasn't a real live person. So I was trying to like, you know, give them crazy things and see how they would react. Yeah. And they were fine, you know, but I could tell that it wasn't real. So I'm kind of thinking that, you know, that sort of technology they're doing now with home buying. So um, potentially how it's going to work or I guess how it is working in other cities is you chat with this bot and you ask questions like what school system is this house in? Does it have air conditioning? Um, you know, things like that. So it has a whole list. And if they can get that to be automated, that's huge. I just don't see how they, they can do it in Connecticut yet because, um, right now it's hard for me even to find that information and I'm a professional. So right now how it works is the realtor, when they're putting in listings, they have to fill all about all those line items out. And a lot of the times they miss some of those line items. Um, 
So that information is not necessarily available on the MLS. And and, and what would this AI assistant say in that case? Yeah, that's a good question. Who You're knows? like, uh, how big is the acreage? Agent hasn't provided information. information. <laughs> we give them a call. Contact Bill. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and so maybe they don't get all their information from the MLS. Maybe they also get it from the towns themselves. Um, good luck with that. Interesting. <laughs> some some, some um, towns on their um, you know board of ed you know, pages. It's very difficult to get that information when you're looking at um, what. For instance, what elementary school is well, this sure. district in? You know, districts change all they the change time. They change all the time, yeah. It's a big part of the reason why we as agents don't generally promise you which yeah. which middle school or, or, or grammar right. school your kid's getting into. Per Board of Ed. I usually typically do the research, though, because that is important to people. So I dive deep into the Board of Ed website, which sometimes that information is on a PDF, and you have to look up the street name Um under each different elementary school and sometimes though that list is not alphabetical <laughs> so right Great. so it's really hard sometimes to gather all of the information um so I, i'd be interested to see how this um ojo technology or ojo labs would you know do that it's a big undertaking but if it works, I'm super excited about this. I think that this is uh, really great. Whatever makes it easier for home buyers, because it's such a stressful time, you know. Um, and if they can have more technology and more resources, um, it's awesome. I'm sure for a lot of real estate agents, the idea that I can have you just call my Ojo, yeah, to get all of your questions answered is like a dream come true. Mm. You know, I I just I wonder and I hope that people don't try to become too reliant on that. Yeah, because you still have to have that personal touch. You have to have that relationship. Um, I know agents may think that this will be um, an answer to all of their, you know, not being able to reach out to their client at any given moment. So they're available at all times. But like I said, you still have to have that um, touch. And this is not going to take over our business. Well, it's not because, you know, <clears throat> I, I've had clients ask for things within a home. We, we were looking at a house that had like an antique car in the garage. Mm. And my client asked if he could have that in the deal. And I don't think the AI they wouldn't know Ojo that. robot's not going to know how to answer that question. No, most definitely no, not. No, no, Yeah. No. And they're not going to be there, you know, when they're crying because they're Mortgage commitment is two days late. Right. You know, what are you gonna I'll do be about there. That robot. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there calling that loan officer. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about this uh, last episode that uh, statistically speaking, um, women are buying more homes than men are these days. And your single girlfriends, Abby, mm -hmm. uh, who own their own home, are not in the minority in the home buying world anymore. Right. The growing data is showing this trend where single female home buyers consistently outpace single male home buyers. Uh, according to the National Association of Realtors, single female home buyers have been second only to married home buyers since 1981, which is when they started assembling all of the data. Apparently. Uh, the FISBOs and Fizbos, single ladies. Everything is based <laughs> off of 1981. I think before that, they just didn't care as right. far as what the numbers look like. The share of single female home buyers in the last three years has grown from 15% of the market to 18%. And again, trending up. Yeah. So again, everything about real estate isn't 
isn't what you expect. And and if you got into this business 10 or 15 or even 20 years ago, it is so much different nowadays. And 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 right down to who's buying homes. Right. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Um, I actually bought my first home when um I was know, like 26, I think. And um it was my investment and it was really great. The condo in New Haven. Um, and then it was the same time that I think four or five of my other single lady friends did the exact same thing. You know, it's such a good idea to buy real estate, you know, and, and if, if you are planning at some point to settle down and marry somebody, you know, it's not a bad problem to have if you both own a home, right? Maybe you keep one as an investment property, sell the other to buy, you know, a big family home for yourselves. There's a lot you could do with that. Yeah. I, I, I love this trend. I think it's fantastic. Um, I have a daughter who's 18. I would love to see her by, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, when she gets into her, her early 20s. Yeah. She'll be heading off to college. I, and also, it doesn't matter if you get married or not. No, no, no. I, <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the Come thing. Come on. It's me. It's you. Yes. I know. I know. It's you. When I bought my first home, I had some um, money saved. And then there was also the housing... Um, you know, there was an incentive. Obama had an incentive. I think it was like $7,000 you get, or 8000 that you get back. So um, I had that coming to me so I could renovate the kitchen and do some things. Um, but in addition to the money that I had saved for a down payment, my parents had some money that they put away for my wedding. And I was like, can I have that now? Because I want to buy a home. And they gave it to me. That's fantastic. I know. And so when I thank you. Yeah, they were really great people. So what happened when you got married? Did you have to pony up yourself? No, I had money. I think I was making money. Like I, I had my own money. I could pay for my own wedding. Oh. Yeah. See, I I forget nowadays yeah. the ladies have their own they money. They got their own money. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of ladies that have their own money, I actually um have teamed up with um Sanam Salati, uh Kelly Turner, and um Katie Carey, attorney Katie Carey. All and people who I think the world of. Yeah. Absolute, absolute unbelievable professionals. Yeah, Sanam Salati is our broker, and Kelly Turner is a loan officer we work with, and um, Kathleen Carey is a, um, an attorney. So we we work with them all the time. They're vendors that we love, and we so I've teamed up with them to create um, a Facebook group, and it's just a place where women can come and chat about investing in real estate, um, and, and learn from professionals. So it's called Her House. Oh, I love it. Isn't it cute? And so obviously there's no mansplaining involved, which is important. No. Yes. Nobody likes that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just kind of, you know, you ask questions. We give you, um, you know, some professional advice. And, uh, yeah, it's a great place to get some, um, you know, real answers and, and have a sense of community. You know what, too? We should get a link up on the uh, ClosingTime.com, uh, ClosingTimePodcast.com website. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be really cool. I'm, I'm excited for you guys. That sounds like it's going to be a really cool group. Thank you. Now, before we wrap up this episode, there is something big going on here in Connecticut. Uh, stop and shop workers across the state uh, have walked out because the union was unable to reach a contract with the company that owns Stop and Shop. United Food and Commercial Workers International Union says that locals 371 and 919 members uh, who work at Stop and Shop walked out. Uh, Ahold Delazi, the company that owns Stop and Shop, made over $2 billion in profit last year. Uh, They got a a tax cut of $225 million in 2017. 
So it's it's hard to root for them right now. Mm-hmm. They say the company's claiming that the proposed cuts are necessary. They're refusing to provide financial information, though, to verify that claim. And again, it's hard to be sympathetic for that. I keep my stop and shop card with me at all times, Abby. I go to stop and shop about four to five times a week. Sometimes it's a full shop. Sometimes it's a couple of items. Sometimes it's the one thing I forgot during the full shop. Mm -hmm. I go there a lot. I know the people at my stop and shop. I love them all. I think they're great people. Uh, A couple months ago, they put some robot named Marty in the store. I've seen Marty. My son's terrified of Marty. Mm -hmm. My son does... My son loves cartoons. He thinks Marty Marty followed him once. Oh, God. Yeah, Uh, and and it scared him. One of the problems uh, I'm hearing... With stop and shop, and all these people want our our their 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 healthcare to be affordable, mm-hmm. like like all of us want. But they're trying to cut jobs at stop and shop, and I I refuse to bag and ring out my own groceries. I never do that. I I'm, I don't work for stop and shop. Uh, I'm not getting a kickback for for bagging my own groceries. I expect there to be a human being. They keep changing the store around, so I don't know where stuff is anymore, and I find myself just aimlessly walking through the store. Really? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's unfortunate. Things were worth I knew where everything was. Yeah. And then they, they moved the whole, everything's different. I mm-hmm. hate it. And then I can't find anybody to ask where it is. Yeah. So it, it's a disaster, but they're talking about pre-cut meat that'll sit on the shelf for up to three weeks. Oh, that's terrible. You know, you open up the, the when you get milk. Yeah, yeah, when you go and you open up the cooler to get the milk, Abby, mm-hmm. you, you don't grab the one right in front. No, I go to the back. You got to dig to the back. Well, guess what? Got to find the better dig. They're all going to be like that. Uh. They're all going to be old. Um. I don't like it. I don't like it. Listen, the company's making profits. Take care of your workers. Yeah, they want just want um, you know, affordable health care. They want uh they're asking for their sick days to stay the same. So I guess, you know, Stop and Shop is saying they want to reduce the number of sick days for the new hires. They want to um decrease take home pay. They want to reduce pensions, you know. Um a lot of the the workers at Stop and Shop are actually part timers. Um, so that, what that means is that they're going to reduce the holiday pay and Sunday pay for those part-timers. Um, think, you know, they just want a great environment to work in and they want to be compensated. I've seen a lot of people come out opposed to, I've seen this too. And I, and I, and I'll tell you, I don't understand it. I don't get it. If you think that, that them, that, that stop and shop's parent company catering to these demands is going to cause milk to go up to $10 a gallon. I don't think you understand how supply and demand works. Oh, is that the argument? Oh, that's 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 the most basic idiotic argument people make. Everything's going to be more expensive. That's silly. So here's how supply and demand works. They're not going to charge $10 a gallon for milk because then you would just go to Big Y. Yeah. You would go to any other grocery store. You could even go to a convenience store and you'd still be paying less. So if you think that that's how it works, I would say... Contact your local community college and take an economics course because that's not how this works. Yeah, I mean, the I haven't heard that. That's silly. But what I have heard is people complaining about driving 20 minutes to a big Y or Trader Joe's or something like that. Or people that have their prescriptions that are held in the stop and shop pharmacy. Oh, so they're concerned about crossing the picket they line. They don't want to cross the picket line. Listen, I think if you drive in the stop and shop and tell them that you're going to pick up your heart medication, I'm sure the workers would be cool with that. Yeah. Or you can just call and have it transferred to one of the number of other pharmacies I'm sure that your town has. 
I mean, look. There are options. I, I, I you know, uh, so here's what I guess I, I, I don't understand is, is I've seen a lot of other people also complain about the striking workers. Well, nobody gets Sunday pay, but they should. Yeah. They should then get Because maybe that. you'll get it. Yes. And understand that unions, there's a reason we have a 40-hour work week. It, there's a reason we get vacation and There's a rich pay. history in unions. Yes. Yeah. And you could say, you know, there was some corruption with the unions in the 70s and the 80s and Jimmy Hoffa and all that stuff. Great. We wouldn't be where we are today. You'd be no. working You'd what, be working like? in coal mines when you were nine yeah. if it wasn't for unions. Yeah. And you would not get a paid vacation. Minimum wage going up will benefit everybody because everyone's wage is going to go up or everybody will work at fast food places for $15 an hour. Why wouldn't you? Mm. Again, that's not how, <laughs> it, not works. how it works. <laughs> but if if people have to are forced to pay competitive salaries to get the best employees, mm-hmm. you could bet everyone's going to see a bump in their pay. Companies are making record profits right now. There's no reason why you should be supporting the corporations against your neighbors it's it's absolutely ridiculous uh i know a lot of people used to work at stop and shop and they seem to have issue with these people wanting yeah just basic health care and holiday and sunday pay i i just i don't understand why anybody would be opposed to that and these are the people in your community uh the higher up the you know the corporate stop and shop people don't live in your community you know, right. so, you know, I understand how you say, you know, Connecticut, we have to support business and have them pay taxes and whatnot. Um, but we also have to support the workers. They're the ones that live and purchase items in the community and, and pay their taxes and buy their houses and sell their houses. Um, if they're not financially fit, then we lose. The billionaire stakeholders are going to be OK. Yes. If they have to pay time and a half on Sunday. Mm hmm. Believe me, they're going to be fine. That's how it works. Yeah. One last thing before we go. The average down payment for first-time homebuyers is just 6%, and a lot of people think it's got to be 20%. That is not the way it works. Lock in a low rate today. 88% of property managers have raised their rents in the last 12 months. Stop paying somebody else's mortgage. That is absolutely ridiculous. The average credit score on approved loans continues to fall, so if your credit score is something you're concerned about, let us know. We could certainly help you with that. Visit our website, closingtimepodcast.com. You can also follow the Closing Time Podcast team, Abby and I, on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you, so feel free to comment away. Yeah, we would love to hear some feedback. We've gotten some really great feedback this week, actually. Yes, we have. And I want to thank everybody who's been listening, yeah. uh, who's been visiting our website, who's been visiting the Facebook and the Instagram pages. The tens of you. <laughs> the tens of you will still will soon be 50s and then yes. hundreds of you. We're building. And then eventually thousands. Ooh, love that it. That sounds like a huge number, doesn't it? It does. All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode four of the Closing Time podcast. For my good friend and partner, Abby Brown, I'm Joe McGuire. We'll catch you next week.